Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Hey, greetings in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us again. As you can see that I am streaming here all the way from Perth Amboy, New Jersey. This is the second Sunday in the new year, 2023. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to view our, our broadcast. Please make sure that you subscribe to our page as well as like and share it. Share it on your social media platforms or email them out or text them out to your family and friends. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, please do so by sharing, by being a blessing to us, by sharing with a loved one, even your enemies. Thank you. My name is Pastor Dwayne Wright. I serve here as the lead pastor of Kingdom Living Ministries. And we've been talking about the five priorities for life. And so we're going to um, dive right into it. And thank you so much. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray that you'll think through my mind, speak through my lips. I ask that you'll give unto me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. And Father, grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened that they may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? What is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe? I pray, I thank you for the tongue of the learned, that I may speak a word to them that are weary. Thank you for signs and wonders. Thank you for people being born again and even healed as a result of today's broadcast. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're talking about the five priorities for life. These five priorities of life or for life will help you no matter where you are in life. No matter where you find yourself to be, these five priorities can be applied to you where, right where you are, anytime, anywhere, any generation, any generation. And so we believe that these five points are just, they're not the only priorities that you should have in life, but they are the beginning priorities. Putting first things first, Jesus boldly said in Matthew chapter 6, Verse 33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So by putting these priorities, these five priorities in the forefront, I believe you'll be seeking the Lord. It's one of the many ways in which you seek the Lord. And so the five priorities for life, they are number one, making the word of God first place. Making the word of God first place. In other words, Giving the word of God its proper place in your life. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith, Romans 1.17, King James Version. ESV says the righteous should live by faith. So our faith should govern our entire life. And so the word of God is the source of our faith. It is the source of our faith. So grab your Bible. We're going to do it again. I believe I'm going to adopt this. I used to do this a long time ago when I was youth pastor, and I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to start doing it every Sunday. Take your Bible. Some of y'all have um, smartphones or phones with um, versions or Bible Gateway, different different types of apps out there for, for you to get the Word of God in you. So take your Bible, wave it in the air, make the devil mad. The devil is afraid of the Word of God. 
He's afraid of the word of God. If the word of God gets in your heart and in your life and you start living it out, you will become a threat to the devil. And so say this with me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it, what it says I am. And I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And today I will, be, I will receive the incorruptible, imperishable word of God. And I'll never, ever, ever, ever be the same in Jesus' name. If you believe that, give God some praise. Go ahead and say amen on, the, on YouTube, on your social media platforms. Say amen to that. Because as we hear the word of God, the Bible tells us in Hebrews that the, that the children of Israel, um, some of them did not mix faith with the word that they heard. And so today I want you to mix some faith with what you're hearing. So we talked about the first one, make, uh, make the word of God first place. The second priority is give yourself to prayer. The third priority is to live the word of God. The fourth is value relationships and maintain healthy ones. And the last is maximize your time. In other words, redeem your time. These are the five priorities for life. Again, they're not um, an exhaustive list, but they, I believe they are the beginning of, of a wonderful um, priority list. And so we last week, we talked about uh, making the word of God first place, and we went through several scriptures, and I did not finish everything that I wanted to share about this first priority. We probably will not get past the second one. <laughs> so it looks like it might be a five week slash maybe six week uh, series, which is fine. <laughs> we have time, right? This is one of the ways that you can maximize your time is by looking and listening to the word of God, looking to the word of God, reading the word of God, and as well as listening to the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And so as you hear this word, the anointing that is on this word will begin to produce faith in your life, in your heart. And so making the word of God first place, it, it should be priority in our lives. So many Christians that I know are not making time for the word of God. They'll make time for their stomachs. They'll make time for um, their entertainment. I, I know uh, it's easy and I've been guilty of it where I could spend three or four hours been watching movies on Netflix or, I don't have Netflix anymore, by the way. <laughs> I just got rid of it. I, I might get it back in 10 months, but we'll see. Uh, but it's easy to sit down, HBO Max, whatever streaming services you might have, or cable, you sit down and you can find yourself hours and hours and hours looking at the television. Also, you can spend the same amount of time or more looking through social media, looking at people's lives while they're living their life in our minds. We're wasting our lives by looking at their lives. And so you don't want to spend, you don't want to waste time. And we'll talk about that when we talk about time, but the word of God needs to have priority in the believer's life. Make it your business every single day to read the word of God. It is so important. You don't have time. You can't waste time by reading the word of God. By putting the word of God first place, God will make sure that you'll, get, you'll be able to get everything done that needs to be done. I once heard this woman of God, she had two children. She was raising two children and she was busy being a homemaker and she had a lot of things to do. And the Lord led her to spend at least an hour a day 
in the word of God. And she said, Lord, I don't have the time. I got to, you know, fix the food for the kids. I got to get food ready for my husband. I got to wash clothes, dry clothes, wash the dishes, get the house together. And then when the kids come home, help them with their homework. And so in her mind, she just didn't have enough time. And she had, you know, there was bills that were due and different things. So she decided to make the word of God priority and listening to the spirit of God by spending an hour a day. And, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. And while she spent that hour every day in the word of God, guess what happened? God supernaturally gave her wisdom and, and really gave her the time to be able to do everything that she needed to do. And so God will make sure that you have the strength, you have the grace, and you have the wisdom to be able to accomplish everything that is on your, in front of you, everything that, all the things that are necessary for you to do, and even give you some time to do some things just for you. So make the Word of God first place. Give the Word of God its proper space. We talked about last week that how John 15 verse 3, that the, the word in which we hear, it cleanses us. And, and, and we're going to go back to Psalm 119 verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? Or how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? The word of God teaches us that we are able to cleanse our ways by the word of God. The Bible talks about even husbands how the husbands can cleanse their wives with the washing of the water of the word in Ephesians 5. So there's something about the word of God. It cleanses your ways of thinking. You know, we don't think right sometimes. Sometimes our emotions get the best of us. I don't know about you, but I've been guilty many times. Even today, I've been very emotional, whether it's the, the feeling of anger or the fit feeling of, of pride or inferiority, whatever it may be that's going on the inside of you, your emotions are flaky. You can't depend on emotions. Sometimes people say, well, I feel like I'm in love with you. But how many know that's just feelings? You can be infatuated with somebody, the way that they look or the way that they talk or their personality. And, and you're not to base your love or especially your marriage on just people's personality but you, you should go based on your faith. So the word of God teaches us, it doesn't tell us who to marry specifically, but it tells us who, do we, who, who as believers we should marry. Other people who are in the faith, that's what the Bible tells us to, 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 to marry, those type of people. People are, who are in the faith, just like you are in the faith. And so um, Psalm 119 talks about how can a man cleanse his ways? If you go over to Psalm 119, verse 105, this is one of the scriptures that we didn't get to last week. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God is a lamp. It is very specific to where you are right now, and it shines its light on the path that is in front of you. So it, it, it deals with where you are, your steps as well as the path. The word of God is so detailed that it'll give you the wisdom that you need in order to make, to make the next step. The word of God teaches us about money, teaches us about marriage, about singleness, about raising children, about education and wisdom and understanding. The word of God teaches us about work. I have a book coming out called When Work is Worship. 
That book was supposed to be out three years ago. But praise God for mercy and grace. Thank you for those who pre-order it. We will be in communication with you soon, but we're going to get that book out. But the Bible actually is based on the Word of God, how the Word of God tells us that our work can be worship. So the Bible tells us how to apply the Word of God even on a job, even as an employer, and even as an employee. The Word of God covers every aspect of our lives. Everything that we'll ever deal with in life, you can find the wisdom that you need in the Word of God. That's good news. God did not leave us to be clueless. We're not to be clueless Christians. Maybe I should preach a message called Clueless Christians. There's some Christians who are clueless. But if you'll get the Word of God in you, and you'll make the Word of God first place, then you'll know how to live a life that's pleasing to God. I said it last week. The Word of God is a reminder. It reminds us that God exists. It reminds us that there is a God in heaven. The Word of God teaches us. See, God uses His Word to teach us. Sometimes people want to say, well, my circumstances that I'm facing, or the trial that I'm facing, or the tribulation that I'm going through, that, that those things God is using to teach me. I want to submit to you that that's low-level teaching. The higher-level teaching is that God uses the Word of God. He doesn't use the, 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 the devices of the enemy, which is sickness, disease, and poverty, to teach His people. He uses the Word of God to teach us how to live and how to think, and how to believe. The Bible tells us, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. In other words, don't allow the spirit of the age to squeeze you in its mold, but transform your mind through the Word of God. Retrain, reprogram your mind. There are things that we borrowed from our friends from television, from YouTube, from social media, from our favorite celebrities, and even from our parents. There are things that we borrow from other people that has, have really have taken root up in our lives. And the Word of God retrains our way of thinking. We don't think right. The Bible says every man in his own ways think that they're right. And as you take the Word of God, the Word of God will become a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. We need to see things through the lens of the Word of God. So this is why the first priority is, is so important, is making the Word of God first place. God's Word has to be first place. God's Word has to have its proper place in the people of God. Again, you cannot know God without, not, without knowing His Word. His Word is His will. God's Word reveals His plans, His purposes, His, 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 His desires, His will. There are some who are seeking His will, and we should seek His will. But how many know that, that His will starts with the Bible? His will starts with the Bible. Sometimes I believe that it's an insult to the Lord to pray for his will to be done when you neglect his word of God, the word of God. Sometimes we want a prophetic word. We want a vision from heaven. 
Sometimes we want to hear things. Sometimes we want to feel things. But I'm telling you that this is where it starts out, right here, the Word of God. You got to make the Word of God first place. If we're not faithful with His known will, which is revealed in His Word, we cannot expect Him to make known His unknown will, His specific will. And you won't find in the Bible a specific word that says, marry such and such, or take this job, or go or move to this city, or move to this country. You won't find that in the Bible where it, as it relates to you individually. But I believe that as we get full of his written word, that it's easier for us to recognize his leading when it comes to our specific life. I think sometimes people want to get specific directions from the Lord without going first with his general revelation. This is God's revelation to us, divine insight. He lets us know how he feels about things, how he feels about the, you know, sin in our lives and even distraction. So you need to make this priority so that you can know and recognize the voice of the good shepherd. If you're not familiar with his written word, it's easier to get deceived when you hear a voice. And every voice that you hear must be judged by this book, by this book. Sometimes people want God to speak to them. Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. I mean, it's a wonderful song by Dunning McClurkin. I love, I, sometimes I, I play it right before I prepare a sermon. It's called, Lord, speak to my heart. Speak to my heart. That's a wonderful song. It's anointed. I, I, I've been listening to it since I was a teenager. But I'm here to tell you that this is the main way in which he speaks to us, the word of God. You got to be familiar with his written voice before you can recognize his spoken voice, his audible voice, or his the voice that speaks to your spirit. The word of God is our way to, to judge those voices. There, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, I believe, it says there are many voices in the world and many of them are not without being significant. But yet you and I must judge prophecies. Somebody give you a prophetic word. You judge it by the word of God. You, you must judge um, things that happen in, 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 in life through the word of God. How do we know what to believe when it comes to um, same-sex uh, marriages or same-sex relationships or whether it's um, dealing with money and gambling and, and lying and st stealing and cheating and all these things that are before us? We're not made aware of things that, are, that, are, that, that can be offensive to the Lord unless we're in the Word of God. So you get in the Word, you find out what's true, and you find out what's not true. Amen. Amen. I can stay on that all day, as you can see. I'm going to keep saying it. The Bible is God speaking to us. And anytime you want to hear from God, just pick up your Bible and begin to read it. And many of times people will say, where do I start? Well, start in the epistles. So start in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I, I really believe that if you are brand new to the faith and you just got born again, you probably should start with the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because you need to know about the life of Jesus and the miracles and his teachings. And then, and then read through the New Testament. I'll never forget this. 
I, I, I was a, you know, I've been saved since I was four, but I was a teenager, really exploring the things of God, really trying to learn. And my father, who who also was my spiritual father, I'm the one who started this church, um, Pastor Johnny D. Dixon. He came into my life and changed my world. He began to pour into me and teach me. He actually became one of my best friends. <laughs> Imagine that, me as a teenager and my father become, becomes my best friend. It's, it can be, it's possible, it's possible. And yet at the same time, I respected him and reverenced him and honored him, even though um, I really felt like he was one of my, my closest friends because I enjoyed talking to him so much and asking him his question. But he told me, he said, you need to start reading the New Testament first. Fill yourself with all that God has revealed in Christ and, 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 and the epistles, and then go back to the Old Testament and read it because you want to understand the Old Testament in light of the New. The Old Testament is Christ concealed. The New Testament is Christ revealed. Old Testament reveals God's plan. Uh, it, it tells us about God's plan. It's the pro prophetic word uh, concerning Jesus. The New Testament, we see, well, Old Testament is, is the redemption prophesied. The New Testament, we see the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the, the redemption being accomplished through the death and resurrection of Christ. And then we see the redemption or the gospel lived out in the epistles. And so as you understand these things from Genesis creation and the fall, and then you got the law, and then you got the, the wisdom books and the minor prophets, these things are very, you should make it your business to go through this word every single day. I, the, a prophetic word came forth from um, uh, pastor, uh, uh, actually prophet Kenneth Copeland, and, and the word from 20, 20, for 2023 is making God's word final authority. That was part of the prophetic word he got for 2023, making God's word final authority. And we need to make this word the final authority in our lives. From Genesis to Revelation, saturate yourself in the word of God. Make the word of God first place in your life. I cannot emphasize this enough. You got to make this priority. As you read the Bible, you, you, again, it, it will reveal to you the Word of God. Uh, excuse me, the Bible is the Word of God. It will reveal to you God's will for your life. And reading is really the beginning, the beginning steps of making His Word first place. Now, I, I encourage you to start out reading, just being, being faithful reading the Bible. We talked about reading a Proverbs a day. Re reading Psalms, but just don't stop there. Begin to read other books. You know, digest. There's a little a, a book that was, I believe, was written in the 1960s. It's, it's by James M. Gray. James M. Gray, G-R-A-Y. It's called Mastering the English Bible. It's a small little booklet that you can order for $5 from Amazon. And I'm telling you, that book is so powerful. It encourages, it encourages people to take one book, start with a small book, such as like Philippians or Titus or Jude, and read it about 25 times, and then go on to the next and do this with every single book of the Bible. And this is what he's, he calls mastering the English Bible. I believe that if we begin to do that, we'll begin to lay a foundation for the Holy Spirit to make the Word of God real to us.
I believe sometimes it's, it's just mental assent, a mental agreement. But as you take time to really go over the books, start with a small book, such as 1 John, and read it over and over and over and over and over and over, 25, 30 times, 40 times. He says 25, but begin to read it and soak yourself into the text and read it in different translations. You'll begin to, I believe the Holy Spirit will take that word and give you understanding, illumination concerning the things that God is trying, is communicating in that particular book. And, and I believe that if true faith will come and you'll find yourself able to live it out in a way that you, in no other way that you would, you got to take time in the word of God. There's many treasures in the word of God. I believe that some Christians that I know are only scratching the surface when the word of God. You got to make time for the word. I believe, this is my belief, and I, and I have Bible to back it up, and I'm not going to go there today. I believe that every pastor should be full-time if possible. When I say full-time, full-time ministry where they are able to give themselves over to prayer and the word of God. Because people come from everywhere on Sunday morning and they want to hear a word from God. They don't need a surface, a surface preaching sermon, but they need something that is life-changing and transformative. And I believe that as a pastor, as we spend time meditating the word and, and going over the word, looking, if possible, learning the original languages. I'm actually um, thinking and praying about going back to school, um, yes, for my PhD, but also so that I can learn and master the original languages, um, Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic, so that I can faithfully teach and preach it even more so. And I believe that as a full-time pastor, that you give yourself over to the word of God and meditate on it. And when people come, you get up and open your mouth and God brings understanding, brings revelation, and the power of God is released in people's life. So you got to start out with first with reading the Bible. And I believe that then you can graduate to studying the Bible. 2 Timothy 2.15 says to study, to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. If you can rightly divide the word, you can wrongly divide the word. And so you really need to study the scriptures. Not only should you read the Bible, it starts out with reading. I believe, as I've been in ministry over 20 years, about 27 years, 28 years, and I believe that I've been trying to get people to preach. I've been preaching, read the Bible, read the Bible. And I believe that that is a hard step. But if I can get people to be faithful in just reading the Bible every day and not stopping there, because once you start reading it, now you need to go on and graduate to studying the Bible, where you're studying the historical context. You're studying who, who was the writer and who is he writing it to and what was the setting in which he's writing it. And, and also what, what was going on in the time, who was ruling as empire or, or king. I believe those things will help us to be faithful in understanding what, what God is trying to communicate and what is the timeless application to that passage to all generations. What is this passage teaching, teaching us about who, who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is? And what is this passage teaching about, you know, mankind, humanity? 
What is this passage teaching us about how to apply and please and worship God and what sin is? And I believe that if you begin to study and even looking for different words that the same author, let's say Paul, for example, what he, what he said in one book, you can interpret it with other. The Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And so you interpret scriptures with other scriptures. I'm talking about making the word of God first place. I'm talking about graduating from uh, elementary school and going into middle school, which is studying the word of God. I believe in elementary school, you're reading. You're learning how to read and be faithful as a reader. But then you graduate and go on to middle school and you learn how to study the scriptures. And you, you learn how to rightly interpret the word of God. I believe that that's middle school. And then I believe that you go on into meditation. The third step is meditation. That's a higher way of doing things. So not only are you reading it, not only are you studying the passage or studying the book and studying the Testament, you interpret the passage based on the passages above it, below it, based on the book, based on the Testament, based on the genre of the book, based on the entire word of God. The best way to interpret scriptures is with other scriptures. So you read it, you study it, and then you meditate on it. Meditation is another level. It's a, it's a lost art in the church. And I believe that as we begin to meditate, the Word of God will begin to see and understand how to apply it. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Man, I feel like I'm, in, I'm teaching a seminary class. <laughs> but I, I want to show you and teach you the importance of putting the Word of God first place. Not only should you read it, you should study it, and you should meditate. Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Notice it's a progression. First, you take the counsel of the world, of the wicked. Now you're standing in the way of sinners, and you're living in a way that they live. And then the next, you're sitting in a seat of the scoffers. So you, you, you take a vice, the the counsel of the wicked. How many of the world will give you advice? They give you advice all the time. They give you counsel all the time. They sit you in their, in their counseling session. When you sit there and you look at Instagram and, and Facebook and WhatsApp or whatever the case may be, on television, YouTube, you sit there, they're, they're counseling you over and over again. I, I'm telling my, my sons that I'm, I'm taking away the, 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 the devices for in the beginning of the whole month of January, because I, I recognize that there's things that's been ingrained in their minds just from looking at it hour after hour after hour. And it says, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields his fruit in, in its season. And his leaf, leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, are like the shaft that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked, I, I, I skipped verse two, my bad. Verse two says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And, in his, and on his law, he meditates day and night. So notice that the man who that is blessed is a man that does not take the counsel for the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scoffer. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. You can't read day and night. You can't study day and night, but you can meditate day and night. Worrying about such situation is actually 
a form of meditation. And sometimes you can worry about situations even in your sleep. And so I want to challenge you to graduate to meditation. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, talking about the word of God. And in his law, in his word, he meditates day and night, day and night. Getting the word of God in you to such an extent that you're thinking about it while you're sleeping. You're thinking about it while you're brushing your teeth, whether you're getting your hair done or you're shaving on your way to work or whether you're, you work from home, um, turning on the computer, getting your coffee or getting your tea, whether you're retired, whatever the case is that you're facing, you're taking time to meditate. You're thinking about the passage that you've read over a hundred times. I put a hundred out there, but let's say 20 times or even 10 times or even five times going over it over and over and over. And you're thinking about it and you're meditating on it to the point that you're muttering it. You're, you're, you're memorizing it. That's another form of meditation is to memorize it or confessing it. Oh, thank you, Lord, that my steps are ordered by the Lord. This person who meditates is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not prosper. And all that he does, he prospers. I don't know about you, but I want to, I want the Lord's prosperity in my life. I want to be prosperous in everything that I do. Through it's through meditation that we're able to prosper. It's through meditation of his word that we'll begin to see the fruit of righteousness in our lives. The fruit of righteousness. Also the fruit of the spirit, according to Galatians 5. You'll begin to see the fruit of the spirit in your life if you'll meditate. The evidence of his life in your life when you meditate. The transformation of his power in your life. The scripture tells us there are many that have a form of godliness, but deny its power. I don't know about you, but I don't want to, to deny the power of God in my life. So through, it's through meditation, taking time to get this word in you in an abundance so that you can be thinking about it at nighttime. You can be thinking about it at daytime. See, your mind is it, the battlefield. We talked about that last week. And so we got to get the word of God in our hearts in abundance so that it can spring forth that which is life. The word of God is healing to our physical bodies. Meditation changes us from a baby Christian to a mature Christian. <coughs> Colossians chapter three. We're talking about the five priorities and I'm just still on number one. Is making the word of God first place. Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter three. And let's look at this. Colossians chapter three. If I can get to it, right? <laughs> Colossians chapter three. And in verse 16, it says this. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing, and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to the Lord. Let's look at it. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I put, become quite wealthy in the word of God. Become quite wealthy in the word of God. You must allow this word to be in you 
not in a low level, but in an abundance. We don't have the word of God in us enough. Think about all the hours we, we, we hear things that are contrary to the word of God. Think about, <clears throat> I'm getting away from, from a lot of television. You know, I just, I just got to get away from that because, uh, or streaming, when I say television, streaming service, I deactivated my social media because I, I want to put the word of God in me in abundance. Go to bed listening to it. Um, first thing in the morning after I brush my teeth, I'm, I'm reading it and I'm thinking about it. I'm praying about it. And throughout the day, I'm, I'm listening to gospel music or praise and worship. Specifically, work, um, music that has that have the word of God in it. I'm listening to sermons. I got to get the word of God in me in abundance because that's where true life and true relationship with God and true fellowship is with God. It's having an abundance of the word of God in us. Become quite wealthy in the word of God. You may not have a lot of money in your bank account, but at least have a great deposit of wealth of God's word in your spirit. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And in a time of trouble, whatever you have put inside of you, that's what's going to come out. I find myself, a lot of times when I'm preaching, I, 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 quote, I start quoting songs. And, and many times I've heard those songs when I was a teenager. I, I, I used to say I love music, but I really, 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 really like music a lot. I listen to it a lot. And, and whatever I listen to the most, that's what's going to come out of me. I'm going to find myself quoting or singing a song that I heard even 10, 15, 20 years ago. And so we need to get the word of God in us in an abundance. Some of us are, we have a low level word, we have a low word level in our life. We don't have enough of the word in us. So when the devil comes, because he's going to come, oh, when trouble comes, it's going to come. You don't have anything to fight the enemy with. The Bible in Ephesians 6 says, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And how, how are you going to defeat the enemy? With the word of God. Matthew 4 tells us how Jesus was in the wilderness and how he used the word to defeat the enemy. You and I are going to be able to defeat the enemy by the word of God. So put his word in, a, in you in abundance, in abundance. His word will give you the way, the right way of thinking. His word will empower you to do his will. My last scripture for this particular priority is Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter one. And this is a familiar scripture. Joshua chapter one, verse eight. It says this. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Let me read this again. <clears throat> this book of the law should not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. His word should be in our hearts, on our mouths, in our minds, and in our lives. The goal of meditation is actually to become 
doers of the word of God. Let's look at this. This book of the law should not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written therein. So check this out. The goal of meditation is not so that you can have a, a fat head full of the word. <coughs> you know, some Christians got fat heads. They all, they have, they know all the Greek and the Hebrew, and they know all the scriptures in all English translations, right? I'm just kidding. But they, they have a lot of knowledge. But it's really knowledge applied that you see victory. You, we need to meditate the word of God to such an extent that we're careful to do it according to all that's written therein. So the goal of meditation is to actually become a doer of the word of God. I believe that you're not even, a, you're not in, even at the level of doing the word until you have meditated the word, until the word has saturated your heart and you begin to understand it, and then you can apply it. How many times people have misappropriated the word of God because they had a wrong understanding of it? But meditation brings the correct understanding of the scriptures. It gives the Holy Spirit something to work with. The Holy Spirit has been sent to guide us into all truth. And Jesus said, thy word is truth. So God uses the word of God to bring us into truth. And I'm telling you, when you start reading and studying and meditating and confessing the word with the Holy Spirit, you'll start seeing the reality of it in your life. The scripture tells us that, that the book of the law should not depart from our mouths, that we should be speaking and discussing the word of God to our children, to ourselves, to our employees, to our employers. Everywhere we go around, his word abides in us to the extent that we actually do it. It is one thing to quote it. It's another thing to confess it and even to teach it. But it's a whole other thing to allow it to affect your entire life. And we'll talk more about it when we get to the third priority of, of, of actually living the word. Living the word. So I want to submit to you today that you need to take time to make the word of God first place. And how do you do that? You start out with simply by reading the word. Read the word of God every single day. Don't let a day go by without the word of God glancing over your eyes or in your ears. Perhaps you're blind, you have physical blindness. Well, you can listen to the word of God. Perhaps you're deaf. Maybe you can learn the word of God in Braille. Whatever it takes to get the word of God in, in you, do whatever it takes through reading, through listening to it, through speaking the word of God. I'm telling you, we have to make this word priority. We will never know God and his plan for our lives if we don't make time for the word of God. Reading it is the first step. So today, I want to give you an opportunity to make a quality decision with the grace of God that you're going to read the word of God every single day. Just make a decision. Say, every day I'm going to read the word of God. With the help of God, through the help of the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, I'm going to read the word of God every single day. 
Then from there, if you've been doing that on a regular basis, let's say over a year or even three or four or five months, make a decision that now you're going to study the Word of God. So you're going to graduate from elementary school. Now you're going to go to middle school and start studying the Word of God. Every day you'll study. Just look for ways to, to, to find out what, who the writer is. And there's so many tools that we have available to us. Logos, Logos Bible software. I think you can download a, a free version of it. And those things will help you to, to, to learn how to study the Word of God, give you tools. You have um, Strong's Concordance, Vine's Dictionary. And th th those are just little tools or tools that you can put in your toolkit to help you to study the scripture. Then you want to go from there. Commentaries are good, but I, I want to let you know commentaries are just that. They are just making comments about that passage, and they could be 100% wrong. So the Word of God is, is not dependent on the commentary. <laughs> Your understanding, you should not lean on commentaries. Thank God for them. I have a lot of them, both electronically and physically. But guess what? I don't... I rarely use the commentaries because I, I want to try to discover truths for myself in the Word of God by reading, by studying, and then meditation. How do you meditate? That's a good question, right? How do you meditate the Word of God? Well, first, I believe that the easiest way to start meditating is to take what, select one book, just like James M. Gray said in How to Master the English Bible. Take a small book in the Bible, let's say Jude, for example and read it four or five times in one day. And begin to you know, read it maybe 10 times. That's like 10 chapters, right? Just read it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Just try to understand every word that is written, both well, in the English version, ESV, KJV, NIV, NASB, NET, um, CSB, Holman translation. There's so many translations. There's some translations that are not legitimate translations, they're more like a paraphrase, like the Message Bible or the Passion Bible. And those Bibles, those particular translations are okay for, you know, they, they're all right, but they're not really translations. They're paraphrased. But, you know, the New Living Translation is a good functional translation. So maybe start out reading that if you don't like ESV or the KJV or NASB or NIV. Begin to read that passage, like say Jude, over and over again. Read it about 5, 10, 15 times. Begin to read it. Begin to, you know, mark it. Every time you read it, just go through it. Read it over and over. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes. Pray that Ephesians 1 prayer. Begin to pray that and, and read that over and over. And ask the Holy Spirit as you're reading it. Holy Spirit, how, how, what, 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 is, what, what, what is being said here? What's the message that you have through this book? And begin to read it and rely on the Holy Spirit. If you pray in tongues, begin to pray in tongues as you're reading it. Go over and over and over and over and over again. And whether it's Jude or First John, begin to meditate those passages over and over. Next thing you know, it'll be in you to an abundance that is second nature for you to be thinking about it. Did you hear me? Second nature for you to think about it. And that's where meditation, that's the beginning process of meditation. I hope you've been blessed by today. If you listen to this and you weren't born again, you're not born again, you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to extend that opportunity to you. That There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And making the word of God first place, the first step is to be born again. 
I want to give you this opportunity and let you know that Jesus died for your sins. He died in your place so that you can receive eternal life and you can spend eternity with him. And you say, Pastor Dwayne, I'm not born again. Wherever you are, I want you to be bold and brave enough to lift up your hand wherever you are. You may be in an airport right now. You might be listening through, the, through Spotify or Apple Music or whatever the case may be. I want you to be bold and brave enough to lift up your hands wherever you are. And I want you to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. Say, Father God, I come to you asking for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died in my place. I believe that he died and that you rose him from the dead. And I confess him with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to welcome you into the family of God. There's no magic in the prayer, but it's faith in God. If you prayed that prayer, please contact the, the, the ministry by hitting us, going on info at kingdomlivingnj.org, emailing us, or you can text us 732-324-2200 and let us know that you, got in, you, know, you received Christ and we'll send you some information of how to continue your journey with Christ. If you're looking for a church home, Kingdom Living Ministries is a wonderful place to come and grow with us. We are an imperfect church that serve a perfect Savior. Uh, we're about 20 minutes away from the North Airport. If you're ever in the area, come and join us as we celebrate the living Christ. Praise God. And if you are wanting to be partnered with this ministry, a partner with this ministry, you can go to our website at kingdomlivingnj.org and type on give. And you can start sowing on a regular basis into this ministry. We're believing God for a new building. <laughs> Glory to God. So we're going to need to make a significant um, down payment on the building. And we're going to have to do a renovation. So praise God and all, all the equipment that we need. So we are trusting God for resources. Amen. And, and I know if God, this ministry has been a blessing to you. I want to encourage you to sow into this ministry. No gift is too small and no gift is too big. And you can call the number. I actually text KLM to 833-245-7413. Or you can send through Cash App, the Cash App sign, KLMNJ. Or you can mail a check to P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And, and through those ways, you can give unto our church and to our ministry to help us to continue on in the work of God. If this message has blessed you, this broadcast has blessed you, please share it with somebody. Like and subscribe and share it on all the platform. God bless you. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for those who view this. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping them to become uh, making the word of God first place. Thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. That concludes this week's message and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.